Thanks for joining us on the Hope Podcast. Hope Community Church exists to love people where they are and help them grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. By pursuing this relationship together, we can change the world. We have multiple locations, including an online service found at gethope.tv. If you're not from the greater Raleigh-Durham area in North Carolina or near our Agape campus in Haiti, we'd love to still have you be a part of what Hope is up to through our online services. If you do live in our physical area, go to our website at gethope.net to check out where our campuses are located and our service times. Please like and share this with your friends or family. We are so glad you stopped by. Hope, we in the house. So good to be in the house of the Lord. If you're excited to be here, come on and make some noise. Come on, all the campuses, make some noise. If God has been good to you in the midst of this season, make some noise. Hallelujah. I, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to, 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 to Raleigh. I'm in Raleigh, right? Somewhere I'm Raleigh, North Carolina. I just know I'm, I live in Southern California. It just felt so good to go to the restaurant and ask unapologetically for sweet tea and me not have to explain what I meant. You know what I mean? In California, it's like, well, I don't have sweet tea. I have green tea. Nobody wants no green. Green tea sounds disgusting. Why would I want green tea? I want sweet tea. Well, we've got unsweetened tea. We've got sugar on the table. Honey, let me tell you something. That, you don't know nothing about no sweet tea. You don't make no sweet tea in a cold glass with sugar on the table. You put that thing on some heat. You melt the sugar in there. You get it all. Anyway, y'all know what I'm talking about. I, I ain't got to tell y'all. Y'all know. So... In many ways, it's good to be home. I'm peacock proud and hyena happy to be here, I tell you. I, I grew up in Mississippi, um, moved to Southern California uh, about 16 years ago. Y'all, we moved, moved to California. First two weeks in California, uh, my wife got pregnant. We didn't have no cable or internet hooked up, and that's just kind of what happened. Um, so from then on, we said, whenever we move, the cable got to be on first. Uh, Four kids later, we finally figured out that was the issue. Um, but we um, are so excited to be here and to open up God's word and, and, and honestly to talk about one of the most important things, one of the most important things um, that we'll experience in our journey of faith with God, and that's the power of community, the power of community. Acts chapter 2 is where we're going to spend our time together. Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 42, uh, and we'll read that to the end of the chapter. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and we'll go that, take that to the end of the chapter. Hear these words of our Father. Acts chapter 2, 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possession to give to one another, to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Mm. Let's pray together. 
God, thank you so much for your word. God, I pray that in these next few moments, you would speak, O oh Lord, like only you can. Your children have gathered to listen. Tune our ear to your voice so that we might hear you ever so clearly. Turn our hearts toward you so that we might experience the fullness of all that you have for us. God, it's to that end that I ask that you stand in my body, think through my mind, speak through my vocal cords, those things you would have us say, know, and do. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, you are my strength. You are my redeemer. Get glory in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. And if you threw a party, Hey, and invited everyone you knew. You would see the biggest gift would be from me, and the card attached would say, the little airplane flying across the sky, right? Golden Girls. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody remember the Golden Girls? Come on. You can't talk about community without talking about the Golden Girls. Blanche and Rose and the rest of them. Yeah. You know, I was a 90s kid. And sitcoms, I mean, they were just great formative. That's when sitcoms actually taught you productive lessons. You know what I mean? Um, I used to watch on Thursday nights. There was another good one that captures the essence of community. Another good one. I'm going to go back to the table for this one. Uh, this, is, this is a good one. This is, this is really good. Am I in the light? Is the light good? You know, y'all not used to lighting a lot of black people, so I just want to make sure we got it lit. Okay. All right. That's good. Y'all got, got me looking good. All right. Come on, Hope. All right. Okay. How about this one? Um, um. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Dun, 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 dun. And they're always glad you came. Bum, bum, bum. You want to see where you want to be where you can see. The troubles are all the same. <laughs> you want to go where everybody knows your name. <laughs> I, I, I want to bring back a little nostalgia. I, I want to I help you to remember moments. Um, the best thing about Cheers was the song, right? Think about the lyrics. Think about the lyrics. You want to be where you can see. Troubles are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. Now, it's not a lot we see cheers getting from the Bible, but this concept for sure comes from the Bible. Golden Girls, listen to the lyrics. Listen to the lyrics. And if you threw a party and invited everyone you knew, you would see the biggest gift would be from me. And the card attached would say, thank you for being a friend. You know what they're illuminating? The power of community. On your best day, I'm going to be there with the best gift because that's what a friend does.
And I'm going to create a safe place where you can come and see you ain't the only one that's struggling. You ain't the only one that's got problems. You ain't the only one carrying burdens. You, you want to be where everybody knows your name. I know your name. I know who you are. Listen to Cheers preaching like the like gospel. Y'all didn't know Cheers could preach, did you? What I, what I want to talk about and what we see in the book of Acts is the power of community. The power of community and the result of your life being transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has come. The book of Acts, Jesus Christ has come, hung, bled, died, rose again on the third day, high-fived his partner. Uh, you can't say in crime if you're talking about the Trinity. That's just not a good idea. So high-fived his, his partner in holiness. The Holy Spirit descends, comes, fills everybody, and everybody's had this powerful, transformative experience. They've said yes to Jesus, this transformative experience. They've been filled with the Spirit. And what naturally happens next is community. I'm telling you a natural result of a transformative interaction and encounter with Jesus Christ is community. One of the next things that happens, one of the next things, as you see the cross and as you accept him as your personal savior, savior, you are reconciled with God and immediately the impact goes from vertical to horizontal. You reconcile with your brothers and sisters. You can't even get the tongues out good enough. You can't even get, they crying, feeling the Holy Spirit, and immediately they connecting with folks that didn't look like them, didn't live like them, didn't vote like them. They round folks they didn't even know, but they're brothers and sisters in Christ. They're brothers and sisters, and they're, they're doing life together. Community is a big deal. Jesus, as soon as he got ready to start doing ministry, he was like, oh, First thing I need to do is pick me a life group. Come here, Matthew. Come here, Peter. And he picked some rough people. Like if Peter can be in Jesus' life group, there is hope for me. And there is hope for you. Peter was cussing, lying, dud, uh, 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 had, a, had a temper problem, cut a dude's ear off. Y'all remember that scene? Like Peter, Peter, that Jesus just told him, I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be crucified, but I'm coming back again. The army comes to do what Jesus just said he was going to do. Peter's like, ah, whoosh. Jesus is like, come on, bro, what are you doing? I'm sorry, sir. Here, there you go. Put the ear back on the man. Like, Peter, what's wrong with you, bro? Like, what's happening right now? If Peter can be in Jesus' group, I think there's a space for you in the group. I think you can just show up right where you are. As some of us think about community, we think, well, my life a little... I mean, I'm going to church. That's a good step for me. Don't, don't push me too bad. Y'all ought to be happy. I'm just in church. Y'all don't want me in community. Yes, we do. We can handle you. We can handle Peter. We can even handle Judas. We can handle you. So even if you got some rough edges, you're a little rough, come to, come to community. I guess... One of the points I'm going to make over and over and over again is community is necessary for our life of following Christ. Child, listen, if Jesus needed community, you know you need it. If Jesus desired community, and one of the direct things that you need to learn about the cross is that it is both vertical and horizontal. He's pulling us together. 
In our passage, we see that this body of Christ, this, these believers, the natural next step for their, after their transformative impact of the cross is they started coming together. They started coming together and they started leaning in community. They started leaning into one another. They realized we just experienced something and it is, it is not designed to be experienced in isolation. It's not designed to be experienced in isolation. If you're taking notes, my first point is lean into community. I think this text teaches us. First thing we need to do is lean into community. Can I just tell you one of the biggest threats? One of the biggest threats, one of the biggest, greatest strategies of Satan is to get you by yourself. Is to get you sitting at a table, a table of community that's designed for a lot of people. This is designed for a whole lot of people and ain't no food on here but this. And I don't know if y'all vegan out here, this, ain't, this is not California. This, this is a California feast. This is not a Carolina feast right here. Um, Satan's strategy though is to get you to sit at this table that's designed for others but you sit in isolation. You sit by yourself. Because if he can get you by yourself, he knows that when you get in trouble, you have nowhere to go. If he can get you thinking that no one else understands, no one else sees you, no one else gets you. So if he can get you struggling in isolation, suffering in secrecy, if he can get you sinning in silence with no confession, then he's got you. Let me tell you something. I don't care nothing about your church attendance. I don't care nothing about, and I'm, I'm a sermon guy. I love a good sermon. It's by, it's how, it's how I make a living for my family is through sermons. So I want you to appreciate sermons, but guess what? I don't care how many sermons you listen to. If you just doing it with just you, if you just become your own little cul-de-sac and what goes in you doesn't go through you, you know, that, that, there's a word for that. I won't, I won't say it, but this, if something gets in you and doesn't come out, it's stuck. You, you get it? Nah, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, some of you are spiritually just stopped up. And the enemy has convinced you that no one else is struggling like you. No one else is going through, through stuff like you. So before you tell the truth about where you are, before you're honest, before you start getting in community and doing life, he'll just have you doing life by yourself. Some of you, you're going through one of the hardest seasons of your life right now, and nobody knows it. You're going through one of the hardest seasons of your life right now, and nobody knows it because you are doing it by yourself. And the enemy helps you come up with great excuses to do dumb ideas. Let me say that again. Great excuses to do dumb ideas. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? He'll, he'll have you saying a great excuse to, uh, to do a dumb idea. Well, well, I didn't want to tell anybody because I didn't want to be a burden on them. That's exactly what community is. It's when we get to be a burden on somebody else. That's what the community is about. If you're, if you're in community with one another and nobody's being a burden with each, on each other, that means nobody's telling the truth about each other. But he'll give you, and you'll feel like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let me not talk about something that I'm going through very hard because I don't want to bother anyone else. That is the very antithesis of what Christianity is. Some of you right now, can I tell you? You're doing it by yourself, and you're doing it wrong. Your body, you weren't designed to be in isolation. 
You were made for fellowship. You were made for community. So lean in community. I can tell some of you, you're not getting it. Let me, let me see if I can say it another way. Um, Linus and Lucy uh, from, from Charlie Brown, Peanuts uh, cartoon. Y'all remember, remember Linus and Lucy? There's some old people in here today, Jack. Y'all old. Uh, Golden Girls, Cheers, Linus and Lucy. What, I need, we got to bring back a whole new series for the millennials. They're going to be like, I don't know what that guy was talking about. Um, Google it. Google it. Um, Linus and Lucy is this cartoon sketch, and... Uh, Charlie Brown series and Linus and Lucy. Lucy would always get the best of Linus. Linus could never, could never just win. And Linus was sitting down and he's watching TV with the remote control. And Lucy just comes in and snatches it out of his hand, just takes it. And he says, "What are you, what are you doing? Give me, give me back that remote control." And she says, "You see these hands? You see these fingers? Individually, they don't do much." But when they come together, they form a formidable foe. And she looks at him, rolls her eyes, and walks away. And Linus is sitting there. And he looks at his hands and says, now why can't y'all come together like that? <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is, some of you are doing life very individually. But when you come together in community, for the glory of God, you become a formidable foe. I wish you would come together like that. Lean into community. The second thing we see in the text is they lean into the practice of community. They lean into the practice of the community. It's not, yo, this is the difference between Cheers or the Country Club or the Golden Girls. We're not just hanging out just to be kicking it. Just because you and your friends get together and play bridge twice a month. <laughs> Please let me come up with some younger illustrations. I've never even played bridge in my life. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Young people are like, Bridge? Why are they playing on bridges? What is going on with that? No, no, no. Okay. Instead of just, you just getting together, hanging out, watching TikTok videos is not community. There we go. There's a TikTok for you. Though. It's, a, it's a social media platform where, they, never mind. Just, <laughs> I think I just became a TikTok video. Um, it, it's more than that. It's practicing gospel-centered community, and it's anchored on the apostles teaching God's word. It's anchored on fellowship and breaking bread together. It's anchored on prayer. And it's not, it's all of those things, but it's then our commitment to push one another in and through and to those things. Hebrews gives a really good picture of it. He talks about this idea of spurring one another along. He says, don't forsake coming together. And when you come together, we should spur one another along to good works. What that means is we should literally push one another to good works. So not only do we sit in the word, but we should push one another to the word. Not only do we sit in prayer, but we should push one another to prayer. It's the idea that as we come together and as we sit in community, we do more than just hang out and just eat and, and go bowling. It's not a bowling club. No, no, no. We sit around God's word, the truth of his word, and we push one another to the word. We sit and we take time and pray for one another. We lift one another up in prayer, and then we push one another to prayer. If you don't push one another, you become one of these stalemate groups where you're just kind of stuck and you're going through a lot of word, but it's not about how much word you go through. It's about how much word goes through you. 
Did you get that? Let me say that again. That sounds like a tweet. You, should, you ought to be able to tweet that for the six of y'all that got Twitter, but I'm hoping more of y'all watching got it. Um, it. It's not about how much word you go through. It's how much word goes through you. So in moments of challenge, when life gets hard in community, one of the greatest privileges and joys is when we get to push one another to greatness. Push one another to the word of God. Push one another to prayer. I remember when I moved from Mississippi, I was at this big mega church. I've been pastoring a little tiny small church in Mississippi. I was now at this big mega church. I was a youth pastor there, and I was getting ready to preach for the first time. It was, it was I had come from an all-black context. This was a predominantly white, large mega church in Southern California. I'd never seen that many white people in my life. Um, and so I'm in the youth group, and I got all these white youth teenagers, and I'm struggling to relate with them. I can't even relate. I'm trying to, I'm trying to identify. Because, you know, as a youth pastor, you're supposed to kind of hang out. And so I'm thinking, I'm just overwhelmed. I'm insecure. Um, they're asking me to go hiking. And I just don't, I just, we, we just don't do that. You know what I mean? You know, I, you know, I, I, I can just be honest, Hope. You know, black people don't hike. You know what I mean? And I know there's always a couple of black people saying, yes, we do. And you're the only one. You know you'd be the only one up there. You know what I mean? And you only went with your white friend. Like, it's just like, that is not what we do. So I, so I remember being there, and I remember thinking, okay, okay, what is this hiking thing? Maybe I'm missing something. Explain it to me. It's like, okay, so we're going to walk up the mountain, and we're going to turn around and come back down. What? You mean to tell me we ain't going to barbecue or nothing while we up there? We just, we just going up and coming back? It's just... Yeah, I'll be down here barbecuing when you get back, come and grab a rib. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like, I can look at the news and just tell culturally, yeah, that ain't a black person. I know it. I ain't even got to see the person. Man mauled by bear. That ain't us. That ain't us. That's that white guy up there hiking. Uh, that's, that's, that's who that so I, I get to this new church, and I'm just experiencing these cultural dynamics and stuff. And I'm just, to be honest, I'm about to preach for the first time, and I'm insecure. And, um, and I'm, I'm just struggling. So I call my best friend. We've been doing life and community together for years. We've been praying together for years. I call him, and um, with tears in my eyes, I said, I'm struggling, man. I, I'm, I'm scared. What if I raise my voice and I scare the little white kids? I don't know. You know what I mean? I was, I was having a hard time. And you know what he said to me? I'll never forget it. The same thing his father said to him years before. He said, Albert, it would be a shame for them to bring you all the way to Southern California and you not show up. You know what he did in that moment? He pushed me. He, he pushed me. Sir, will you come here real quick? Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Give me a little. Well, I mean, I don't, you might want to take the steps. I don't know how old you are. Whoa, impressive. Uh-oh, almost missed it. Okay, okay. All right, turn around that way just in case you got COVID. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it exists out here in California. You know, different places across the country. What's your name? Steve. Steve? Steve? This is what I mean. In Hebrews, when it talks about spurring one another along, Steve, I'm going to push you a little bit. It, it literally means to do this. It's pretty dramatic, Steve. Um, <laughs> Let's go this way. It literally means, you know what Ricky did that day, my best friend, when I, when I was scared? He spurred me along. He pushed me. And you need relationships that'll push you to God's word, that'll push you to prayer, that'll push you to hope, that'll push you around obstacles so you don't hit the table, and that keep pushing you 
That's what good community does. We're not just sitting studying the Bible and just sitting praying. No, we push each other to the Bible. We push each other to prayer. We push each other to spaces that are challenging and hard. Good community spurs one another along. You know, at our church, Lake Avenue, um, uh, where I was working before we planted fellowship, is known for its Sunday school classes. They have a rich history for Sunday school classes. They got Sunday school classes that have been together for 30, 40 years. It's a rich, rich history. Well, one Sunday school class, they had been meeting together, couples. It was a couple Sunday school class, community group. They've been meeting together for, for decades. Found out one of the couples, they were in a crisis. The husband was leaving the wife. No one in the group knew anything about it. True story, the whole small group went to the house. He was packing. The whole small group went and sat in the den and said, we're not leaving and you're not leaving till we figure out a plan for y'all to work this marriage out. You know what they did? They pushed him. They spurred them along. What if we had community like that? Well, we would push one another to the word of God, to the hope of God, push one another to prayer, push one another to big challenges that were overwhelming. What if we pushed one another in community? Thank you, Steve. What you see in community, what you see in the book of Acts is, yo, they were committed to one another. And the writer of Hebrews give them this, this, gives us this image. They, they push one another. They push one another in God's word and community and fellowship. The reason why you got to get in community, because some of you, you just need to be pushed. You need to be encouraged. You're doing it by yourself, and you're wondering why it's so hard. You need a Steve in your life. You need somebody that you can push around. to God's glory and goodness. Did you get that? Some of you push people around. Some of you too pushy already. I can see your spouse saying, that's the last thing you need is to push anybody else around. That's all you do at the house. But here's the caveat. Push one another to the glory of God. Ah, I, almost, I, got, I, got, I got four minutes and 16 seconds left because uh, they have a clock here that's demonically speaking. Uh, <sighs> lean into community Lean into the practice of community where we push one another along. You know, there's another story real quick. I'll tell you this one. Um, Y'all remember the, um, the judge in the O.J. Simpson trial? Remember, what was his name? Y'all remember his name? Ju judge Ito. Lance Ito. He goes to our church. He went to our church. Uh, so Lake Avenue, he went to our church, and he was in one of these small groups. This is a true story, y'all. <laughs> It tells the power of community. When the O.J. Simpson trial was at its height, I don't know if y'all remember, it was crazy. It's another old illustration. Like, if you are 20 years old, you got to Google half this sermon. He's like, I don't remember. <laughs> but, 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 but the O.J. Simpson trial, yo, hey, it was crazy. That was the first time we saw something like that on TV. The news was everywhere. The media was going crazy. It was crazy. Judge Ito is in the height of this thing in L.A. He comes home. And there's this foreign package on his front door. He know where it come from. He wasn't expecting no delivery. So he calls the police. The police comes. They check it out. They call the bomb squad. 
because they just don't know what's who, who. So they get the they get the the big robot bomb thing. Everybody's back. Helicopters. Everybody's watching. Helicopter. They go up. It's a cake from his small group. The small group got together and brought over a care package. <laughs> hey, that's community. That's love. When you're in hard times, when you're going through difficult spaces and seasons, they just show up. Show up so unexpectedly, it freaked them out, and he ended up calling the bomb squad. That, wasn't a, that was a big bill, so that, it wasn't celebrated then, but it's celebrated now. <laughs> Lean into community, lean into the practice and the process of community. Oh, what you, what you doing? You coming to play me off already? What is this, the, is this like the Oscars or something? I said when I got to my last point, come on, you coming out early, what, ain't this something? Just because the clock is say one minute and 46 seconds, don't start playing yet, just sit there and look cute and I'll tell you when to start playing. Ain't this something, what kind of church is this? They just gonna send people out, go play him off the stage, it's time for him to go. Like what in the world? No, I'm just, just like, um, keep going, keep going. I'm going to keep going. Just get comfortable, Jack. I hope you got some cushion on that stool. Um, the, the last thing is lean into the struggle of community. Yeah. Because let me tell you something. If you think doing community and doing it right is going to be easy, it's humanity everywhere flaws everywhere but the beauty of it is you get to show up a place you want to be where you can see the troubles are all the same you want to be able to show up with trouble lean into the struggle of life groups of community groups of community and make sure you bring trouble Make sure you bring trouble. Albert, what do you mean? Come on, let's be honest. You can get in these groups, and they're so surface, nobody ever tells the truth about what's really going on with them. You can be in these groups, and everybody's just so nice, and everybody's so perfect. Shoot, it make you want to quit, because you'd be like, I must, we the only ones jacked up. Marge and Jeffrey seem to have the perfect relationship. We was cussing each other out on the way to life group, on the way to community group. Oh, come on, let's just tell the truth. Anybody ever been going to community group and be like, hey, now when prayer request time, don't bring up what we, what we was fighting about yesterday. Don't you say, don't you say one word about my mama and what she was talking about. Don't be, you won't talk about my mama, I won't talk about yours. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we talk each other into not showing up authentically in these spaces. Hey, if you're going to do community, do community. Show up with some trouble. Show up with some brokenness. Show up with vulnerability. You're not perfect. So at least then be honest. In the book of Acts, it says everyone had need because they sold stuff to cover everybody's need. You know what's under, under there is everybody didn't have what they needed. There were some people in that community that were struggling. So somebody in this community had to tell the truth and says, hey, I don't have enough money to stay in Jerusalem. I don't have enough money. To, I don't have what I need. And out of them being honest about their struggle and their need, they begin to bring forth generosity to one another.
Let me tell you something. When you don't tell the truth about where you are and what you're struggling with, you deny someone's the opportunity to be generous with their love towards you. So not only are you hindering your growth, but you're hindering their growth because they had an opportunity to be generous and reckless with their love and how they love you, but you denied them that opportunity. As the young two-year-old says on the playground, ooh, you gonna get it. Don't do that. You gonna get it. Don't, don't keep someone from their blessing. I'll close with this. Andrew Flossdorf. 13 years old, uh, was celebrated for his spelling of echolalia, lalia, echolalia. Um, he would, after the spelling bee, the fourth round, 13 years old, he would be flown around the country to talk shows, doing interviews. He was given scholarships and grants, all because of spelling this word echolalia. You can start playing now. Thank you. <sighs> the interesting thing about Andrew Flossdorf and him spelling the word echolalia is that he did not win the spelling bee. He didn't win. But he got all these scholarships and all of this, all this fanfare because when he stood and he spelled echolalia, echolalia, he actually spelled it wrong, but the judges didn't catch it, and they thought he spelled it right. He walks off the stage thinking he's won, and they're celebrating, and his colleagues say, yo, you spelled it wrong. You misspelled it. The judges didn't catch it. You spelled it wrong. And young 13-year-old Andrew, with tears streaming down his face, walks back out to the stage and says, I guess I wasn't as good a speller as I thought I was. I spelled the word wrong. And he was celebrated all across the country. You know why? Not because he was a perfect speller, but because he was an honest one. You may not be perfect, but you can be honest. So let's just have a moment of honesty here. Come on, y'all. You need community. Lean into it. Lean into the practice of not just sitting in the word, but pushing one another to the word. And lean into the struggle of community. Make this a safe place to say hard things. Make it a safe place to be honest and to put on the table the struggles of the community so that we might carry one another burdens together and we would do it all for his glory. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Hope Podcast. We appreciate you joining us as we tackle issues facing our modern world from a biblical perspective. To make sure you don't miss a message, please take a moment and hit the subscribe button. Also, if you're new to Hope and want to check out what we're about and how to be a part of our community, go to our next steps at gethope.net slash next.
Let us know your story because we'd love to connect with you.